As uh, Bill announced my message title, and it's in your bulletin, and it might help you follow along as we look at it, uh, Mark gave me a number of instructions for today, and you could add to that title not only keep it simple, but keep it short. Okay, so uh, this is, this is going to be a run through this passage uh, fairly quickly, and as you think about it this morning, we're, we're just hoping that in the midst of all that's done today, that Christ is honored. Uh, obviously, some of you might have got the the memo that this might be my last Sunday. I, I thought of all kinds of introductions. I can't figure one out. Uh, one of it is just make fun of my own weeping, I guess. Now, I'm not really being honest about this, but there is a pastor fairly well known that's known as the cussing pastor. I think I mentioned to that. Right now, I wish I was the cussing pastor, not the crying one, right? Uh, the other part, too, uh, as I've tried to analyze myself, which is a boring subject, is that really a, a lot of times my, my weeping is involuntary. I mean, I, no matter how much I think through it and analyze it and try to prevent it from happening, I can't do that. And in reality, there's nothing sad about this day because... Uh, uh, we have so much to look forward to as a church. And, uh, you know, I even got an early morning text from Simon. Um, and he's praying for us and praying for the church and looking forward to leading. And he'll be on, on board on Monday. And I, I think only good days are ahead for Grace Hills Church. And so I don't have any second thoughts. Uh, for some of you, I will talk about this a little bit later as Mark's going to ask me all kinds of questions, I guess, to kind of debrief a little bit. Uh, but adding to maybe some of the responses, some people ask, well, well, why am I now ending it at this moment? Well, it's, it's not because I'm sick, though, uh, trust me, these experiences are hard for me. For whatever way that God, reason God has wired me the way he has. And I really thought about not only be the cussing pastor, but the lying one. <laughs> and I was going to call Mark <laughs> like I did uh, uh, about a year ago and said, I'm feeling some pain in my, my chest. And I think I need to go to the doctors and put another stent in, you know. <laughs> so, you didn't think that was funny. All right. So, uh, and, and, uh, but it does lead to say, I, I, I'm in great health. There's nothing wrong with my health. Uh, uh, Alice has not uh, made me retire. Um, in fact, you might pray for her more than me because now she's going to have to put up with a lot more of me than she ever has. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what I want to do is, is recognize that even though I'm the, you look at the body of Christ. And as Paul talked about in the First Corinthians chapter 12, and none of this is in my notes, I'm just rambling here, is that uh, he emphasized there that the parts of the body that seem unimportant are really the important ones. And the ones that are prominent are not really as important as we think. And so I want you to know that... Uh, me leaving uh, is not that great of a loss, all right? Uh, 
I was reading some last words by some people, and some people I never heard of, a guy named Hunter Thompson, and he said, uh, just relax. This is not going to hurt as much as you think it's going to hurt. So many of you, uh, it's, it's going to be a smooth transition. Uh, I, was, I was reading a comment by Frank Sinatra, which might be apply to me. He says, I think I'm losing it. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I don't think I'm losing it, but I think it's time. I think it's just the appropriate time to make the next step. But as we look at what I want to share this morning, I do, I do want to keep it simple because what, what would be my parting shot as I wade through the music here on the floor is that I, I do want to keep it simple not to make it simplistic uh, or elementary to the point where it's not significant. But as you think about the Christian life, and I've often quoted this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul says, I, I just plead that you don't that you don't miss out on the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. It really is all about Christ. But as you think about that, it is all about Christ, but what does that mean and what does it look like? And how does it begin and how should it continue on until we see Him face to face? Well, that's what we're going to try to look at this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. And uh, I am on, on the clock here, so we'll, we'll, we'll look at uh, uh, what we want to see this morning. Uh, I was going to have you memorize this passage here, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, but some of you don't like long verses I give to you. But, but as, as Paul is writing to the church, and to give you a little bit of background to Paul as he's talking to this church located not in Liso Viejo or Laguna Woods area, but he, he talked to a church in Colossae, and he had a, had a heart for them. And his desire for them was to understand as, as you are confronted with all kinds of voices out there, talking heads, people who are trying to lead you a certain direction. He says, I want you to understand above all else, all you need is Jesus. All you need is Christ. Some have, some have entitled this, this particular book as being complete in Christ, which, which you're not missing anything when you have him. But he also understands for that to be lived out, you need to understand some certain principles about walking with Christ and, and receiving Christ and realizing how you've been rooted and established in him and, and how that should cause you to be overflowing with gratitude and gratefulness as you go through life. And, and so Paul writes this to them and, and even backing up a little bit because it somewhat is contextually from where we're gathered here this morning. But in Colossians chapter 2, um, before verses 6 and 7, there's a couple other numbers that go before that, verses 4 and 5, and I, I, I want to read them as we get into the, the text. But in Colossians uh, 2, if I can read through these things, you know, that there's, I got something in my eye this morning that keeps watering some things. Um, he says this in verse 5, For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. And in many ways, that's my desire for all of you. I'm not as going to be as prominent or as, as uh, visible, particularly in the beginning, as I have been over the last number of years. Uh, so I might be absent in physical presence, but in my heart, you'll always be there. And as... It doesn't help me when somebody look like you're crying. <laughs> you're probably just excited that I'm leaving. Okay. Um, all right. So Paul recognized that he couldn't always be with the people he really cared about because it wasn't 
he needed to do something else and, and have that next chapter in life. And they also needed to, to not only depend upon him or look to him. And, and so as he, he speaks to them, he says, don't, don't be led astray from, from those who are, are pointing you in different directions. And there's a longer back story to this. But, but then he goes on and says, okay, here's what I want you to remember. Here's how to keep it simple. Here's what's so straightforward about being purely and simply devoted to Christ. Is there some things you need to understand fundamentally? What is it we all need to do and all need to be and all need to remember? Well, you could begin this way. And let me read the text and then we'll, we'll look at it. He says, therefore, I'm going to be absent from you, but I'm going to be with you in spirit. My heart will always be with you. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed in overflowing with gratitude. Now, this is one of those times where the Apostle Paul gets very wordy, but if you break it down, it's pretty straightforward. He said, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the what? The Lord. Then he says, look, at it, as you think about being complete in Christ, as you think about living out your Christian life in a complete way, you need to remember, well, how did it all begin? And wherever you are in your spiritual journey, some of you might be here this morning, you haven't made that initial step. You, you, haven't, you haven't made that commitment to Christ that, that begins it all and is necessary for, for keeping it in simple life and, and experiencing all that God has for you. He says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, it begins here. And it begins there for all of us. There is no simpler way to put it than John put it in John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now you might have heard this many times, you need to receive Christ. What does that mean? There's, a, there's an interesting Greek word. It doesn't have any association with our English language, but it's lambano, and then it's paralambano. And, and what are you saying here? We're, we're not talking about something that is not significant and crucial. To, to receive is to appropriate, to get in on, to, to take for your own, to surrender, to, to, to get what you desperately need. And it, it's intensified. Every time there's a prefix to a Greek word, it, it's paralambano. And, and, and with us, he said, no, I, I mean, you need to really receive as you have, as he was writing to Moses, you have really received Christ Jesus the Lord. And, and so as I think about keeping it simple or a parting shot my desire for you is that all of you have come to that, your place where as you look at others who have made that step before you and as you look at your own life and maybe there's so many reasons why you have struggled with coming to Jesus. This is what life is all about. It's understanding that, that God is your creator. God is your maker and you're, you, will only, you will only experience life to its fullest now and forever when you know God in a personal way. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why John, as he wrote that gospel, and he, he began, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, the authority, to become a child of God, even to those who believe in his name. It begins there. Have you received Christ in your own heart, in your own life? Have you taken what God has offered? But then he goes on, and this is really the main emphasis of the, is the, of the text. He uses another verb here, Another emphasis, so walk in him. 
the Christian life, and for many people, they think, well, it's, you know, you, you get your fire insurance, and you get your ticket to heaven. Well, that, that's not. It's, it, it is all about a relationship. If, if you know Christ, then you're going to walk with him. And, and if you're not walking with him, then you need to ask yourself the question, have you re really received him? As you walk with him. So walk in Christ. So what do we all need to do? We all need to receive Christ by faith. We all need to walk with Christ by faith. Now, uh, in, in, uh, in my family's circle, we have, we have some people who, who um, they don't disdain walking, but, you know, they said, well, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's pick up the pace. You know, let's, uh, if we're not walking fast, let's, let's now go into jogging. If we're not jogging, now let's go into running. And if we're not running, let's go into really competing as we run. And, and he's really not talking about here about the physical aspect of taking one foot and moving in front of the other. But he's saying, what I'm talking about here is walk. He said, this is, this is all the activities of your life. This is everything that would describe who you are and what you do. And I want you to understand that wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you need, need to take Christ with you because he's right there. In fact, not only is he right there, he's in you. You need to walk in Christ. Now, the scripture does get pretty plain about what that really looks like. And because of time, we won't, we won't, we won't take that in any depth. But if, we're, if we have received Christ then our challenge is now walk with Christ and walk in Christ. There are two ways to look at it. What will that look in a positive way and what will it look like in a negative way? Or what will that be like and what will that not be like? Let me give you the things the scripture talks about walking. What does it mean to walk in Christ? It means to walk in newness of life. Your life will never be the same. You'll walk after the Spirit. If you need the references, I'll give them to you afterward. And so it will not be your, your own self living your life. There'll be a supernatural relationship with God that's living it out. You'll walk in honesty. You'll walk by faith. You'll walk in the good works that God has prepared for you to walk. You'll walk in love. You'll walk in wisdom. You'll walk in truth. You will walk after the commandments of God. So as we think about walking with Christ, it's not just talking about a stroll through the park. It's saying now your life takes on a whole different dimension that you now live the, the honest walk. You now live the walk where you take God's commandments and say, what do I need to follow them and to obey them? You, you, you will look at your life and say, this is not just me living this out. This is the Spirit of God and needs to live it out in me. You, you will look at your life and say, I, I don't want to live the old way. I, I want to live the new way. You'll look at your life and say, I, I want to walk in such a way that the, the fruit of God's Spirit is demonstrated in my life. That people can say that if I walk by the flesh, I will not carry out the desires of my own flesh, the things that just serve me. And, and that my life will take on the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a, it's a lifelong journey, but I want to walk with, with Christ that people can see that Christ lives within me. And I'll demonstrate the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control that only God can produce in a life that's committed to Him. So we all want to keep it simple, keep it clear in what it means to walk with Him. And what that means is it all begins at a, with the beginning. Have you received Christ as your own Lord and Savior? Have you appropriated? Have you surrendered? Have you given your life to Him so that He can live His life in you? And if you come to that place where you say, I, I want all of who I am, what I do and 
where I go and why I go there and what I'm all about to be permeated with the presence of Christ in such a way that people can see all those positive qualities, characteristics in my life. The scripture does go on and say some things about what it will not be like. It will not be a life or a walk in the manner of everybody else, like the manner of men. It will not be in deceit, walk in a life of deceit. You will not simply walk by what you can see, but, but what you can trust God with. You will not walk in pride or, as some translations say, vanity of mind. It's really not about you. It's about him and the people around you. And you will walk in a life that's filled with order, not disorder. But as Paul is sharing this with them, and as, as they are struggling because other people are saying, you, you need something else. You, you, it can't be just Jesus. There's got to be something else that's going to fill all those spaces in your life that seem empty. He said, no, you, you don't need anyone else other than Christ. doesn't mean it's not going to be a struggle or a challenge, but it's all about Christ. Therefore, just as you have received Christ, the Lord, so walk in him. And then he goes on and gets four participles in your outline. So, well, I just had the one. But not only should we receive Christ by faith, walk with Christ, in Christ by faith, we need to be rooted in Christ by faith. And that's what he says. Having, having been rooted and now being built up in him, established in faith, just as you were taught. And each one of these is interesting. Now, as we look at it, and sometimes we think about, well, is, is the Christian life just working harder? Is it just trying to be better on your own? You need to realize the Christian life is what God does in you, being rooted. Uh, any uh, green thumbs out there or not so green thumbs out there where you, you, you try to get things to grow when you put them in the ground? And it's so crucial when you plant something, make sure that the soil is prepared, Right? Not only is the soil prepared, but the roots are not bound. They, they, they open up and they're able to get all the nutrients. Someone had defined rooting something this way. It's, it's, a, it's the part of the body of a plant that develops from the, its core and grows downward into the soil, anchoring the plant and absorbing nutrients and moisture. And, and we need to realize as we think about well, where is the source of strength and life, it's, it's being rooted in Him. It's understanding that your stability is not in your talents and your gifts and abilities or even as you see maybe the lack thereof, but realize that you, you, you're rooted in Christ, that he is there. And, and then he goes on, and now being built up in him. If you don't, if you don't like an agricultural illustration, well, let's get in the construction business. And he says, well, I want you to understand that any, any building that lasts has to be on a firm foundation. But you can, you can lay a, a beautiful foundation, but if you leave it vacant, what, what use is that? You, you take the foundation that's been laid by Christ and now build upon it. And as you realize it, you need to understand that it's, it's not just you building on it, it's God building his life through you. Um, any Angel Dodger fans out there? If you, if you, were, an, if you were an Angel fan... Uh, um, what day is this? Okay, I guess on, uh, on Friday, you're excited because the Angels won, right? You, if you're a Dodger fan, you're excited last night because the... Some of you don't even want to say that. The Dodgers won, right? You know, as you think about the Christian life, you need to understand there's some things that we're to be active about and some things we are to be passive, just allowing what God wants to do. I've shared this 
idea with you before. In, in the Greek language, at times it will emphasize not what we do, but what God does. And this, these are what's called active or present passive participles. Participles will simply say this. The passive part of it is saying not, it's not what we do, but what, what we receive. In, in, in the baseball world, there's a couple things that can happen with a baseball when a pitcher throws it, right? You can take the bat and you can hit it and it'll go someplace where you want no one else to see it, right? Over the fence. And that's something you do to the baseball. But there's something that can happen with you up at the bat where it is not what you want to see happen, but, it, but it's done to you. Where the pitcher doesn't throw it where you can hit it, but the pitcher throws it where it hits you, right? And that's a passive experience. And what he's saying here is you're being built up. This is God doing his work in your life. God working out what he's put in your life. And, and so what we need to do is recognize, God, I want you to do your work in my life. I, I want you to change me on the inside. And, and that's what he said. Be, be understand where, where, where does your strength lie? It, it, it lead, it, your strength is in the roots that you go deep in your faith. It, it's allowing God to build up what he has put in. And then he says, in establishing in your faith. And that's the idea of actually, you could translate that confirming your faith. Where you realize that what God has done, he's going to do it uh, and, and allow it to remain. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's a matter of just understanding that God is faithful to you. And then he adds that phrase, just as you were taught. And the idea is you think about whoever is teaching or preaching or whatever is happening in your small groups or whenever you have the opportunity to communicate the Word of God to others. It, it, it's not just filling up a person's mind. It's filling up their heart and their life where everything will change. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. You know, we just finished a whole season of, of watching the Olympics, and they said the last day we, we had more gold than any other nation. You know, we, had, we had all kinds of, of people winning events. But the reason they won is because they trained, right? And we need to understand the Christian life is a process by which the Word of God roots in our heart and our soul and our mind and changes from the inside. So what's my point this morning? Number one is this, is, this is the simple plan of God. It begins, we all need to receive Christ Jesus the Lord, where He is the master of our life. He's not only the Savior, but He is the one who leads us on the inside. Secondly, we need to recognize that we are to walk in Him and with Him. Recognizing everything we do, every place we go, and how we do it should be permeated by His plan, not our plan. Where we walk His walk, not our walk. Thirdly, that we recognize that, that we have a stability in our faith because we've been rooted in Him. That's our foundation. And then finally, he says, overflowing with gratitude. One of the byproducts of understanding when we're walking with God is, is our attitude, isn't it? How are, we, how are we living right now? Are we, are we filled with thanksgiving? Are we filled with gratefulness? Are we excited about what he has done and will do in our life? 
We, we don't know what, what is going to be in our future. We don't know what's going to happen every day in our life, but we know who's going to go with us. And let's just be honest. There are things that happen in our life that, that we naturally respond with thanksgiving, and there are times when we don't. There's a couple of verses I want to share with you as, as we close. Most of, or many of you have heard, you know, in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. And, and I think that is the emphasis as we think about things that happen in life, whether you go to the doctors and you get a result that you didn't want to get, or maybe there's a job that uh, you lost rather than gain. Maybe there's a health uh, or a, ch a challenge with one of your friends or family members and you're you're we're wondering, well, how, how's my faith apply here? Well, basically, when we say in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus is, is telling God, I trust you. I, I trust you that in this circumstance that might not be pleasant or, or what I would desire. And how many people like change? Any people like your change? I don't see a lot of hands. We got six hands, six hands up here. Okay. Um, I don't know if Alina raised her hands because she's moved more times than I can imagine. You know, in fact, I was going <laughs> to, uh, how did you, how did you um, do sign language when I would cry during the message? I'd never figured that one out. Okay. Okay. So what? It was awkward. It was awkward yes. Here, here's the universal sign in sign language for crying. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, in, in, in everything, give thanks for this God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, you, you, had, you have all kinds of experiences where you're just, God, you know, I know you're in control, but why? Why did you allow this to happen? And, and, and we're thinking, well, okay, I need to understand there's a bigger picture that I can't see. And so I, I, will, I will trust him in the circumstance. But, but I want to challenge all of us a little bit more because... We can say that in general, but when it happens specifically, we back away, don't we? And many times I've heard preachers like myself say, well, it says be thankful in everything, but it doesn't say be thankful for everything. How many have ever heard that? I just said it. Weren't you listening? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but if you've never heard before, it, you look at Ephesians 5.20, it does say that. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Now, I, I, I'm convinced that God's not saying everything that happens in your life is good. God will use it for good or can use it for good. But for us to be thankful or to acknowledge that he's going to do something good, we have to say, well, I'm going to thank you right now for that. Even though, I, even though I don't like it, I might never like it. I wish it never happened. And I, I have a different plan. I don't like, uh, you know, for, for those of you who didn't, well, I guess most of you didn't raise your hand. Do you like change? I, I've probably heard that so many times over the last number of months. I don't like change. I mean, you know, I don't think they really want me to stay. They just don't like change, okay? Is that, is that change happens. That's part of life. And so we have to acknowledge, even though I don't like change or I don't like what has happened to me or happened to somebody else, is that, God, I'm going to trust you for this right now. You don't, you don't have to be crazy and say that which is happening is something you enjoy or, or you think is good for you, but you know that God can use it for good. Does that make sense? So what's the point this morning? What's the so what? 
God wants us to keep it simple and live by faith. And living by faith doesn't mean you don't have any doubts. Living by faith doesn't mean that you don't have any questions, that you don't have answers that are, that are totally compelling to you. It doesn't mean that, that emotionally you're, you're feeling enthusiastic about the next step that you believe God wants you to take. But it's saying, I'm going to trust you no matter what. And as we think about the first, the first point, which is the idea we all need to receive Christ by faith. Whether you're here or you're online, this, this is the beginning. It's the beginning of the point. If, if Christ is who he claimed to be and he claimed to be God, if Christ did what history says was done, that he went to the cross and rose from the dead, if Christ offers life for you, you you're at that crossroads of life. You've got to say, am I in or am I out? This, this is a response that God is calling you to make, to surrender your life to the one who's come to give you not only eternal life, but abundant life. And, and this morning, if you're here and you're, you're kind of just going through the motions with your walk with Christ, you need to recognize that to walk with Christ means you understand that he's walking in you and beside you, and he's always there wherever you go. And he wants you to walk in such a way that you manifest that which he has put in your life, the fruit of experiencing him in a, in a complete way. And then when you begin to be shaken by the, the worries of this world or the struggles of this life, recognize that, that as you feel like you're on shaky ground, that really realize you can be rooted in him. You can be built up in him. You can be established in him. And you can always hear the instruction from him. And then finally, as you think about the adventure that he's call, called us all to have is to live a life filled with gratefulness and gratitude and thanksgiving. Not only in everything, but for everything because God is good. And we, he can be trusted no matter what is happening in life. Even when there are things in life that are not good, the goodness of our God is always present with us. Let's pray together. Father, help us all just keep it simple. And wherever stage of life anyone here this morning is, whether it's to receive Christ by faith or to, in a new and fresh way walk with Christ by faith or remember that they can be rooted deeply in Christ by faith or whether they participate in the adventure of always being filled with gratefulness and gratitude by faith, Help us to keep it simple and live it out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.